0: Hi, and welcome back to I Love You. I know. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and Star Wars, but it's mostly about Star Wars. And we're in finally season two.
1: That's right. It's been a little bit of time off, but here we're back and we're ready to start another season. We actually have a plan this time and uh, we're ready to get back into it.
0: how do you spend your summer vacation? Hiding. Hiding?
1: From everything, really.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Yeah, I know. You were, we were both hiding together. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. We were quarantined. It was, you know, 2020, man.
0: Yeah, but I think that's a good preview of hopefully good things to come because 2020 is almost over and we might get more Star Wars content.
1: That's true. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is uh, I have a list here uh, that you haven't seen of um things that are either definitely coming rumored to be coming um i did a little digging found a couple of obscure things Uh-oh. um and uh, just kind of want to get your reaction and talk about them we'll start with some easy obvious ones and then we'll get into some a uh, little bit a little bit further out there
0: all right let's let's have that uh, first hanging curveball
1: yeah so we know for sure and this isn't really um unless you want to talk about it, but Mandalorian season two starts in about two weeks.
0: October 30th, right? October
1: 30th. It's a Friday. Um, And so that brings back uh, more Baby Yoda. So you got that to look forward to.
0: Definitely looking forward to more Baby Yoda. I think that's really what our summer was missing.
1: Yeah. Really any time of our lives is missing.
0: Completely agree.
1: Yeah. Um, But there are a bunch of rumors about things that are going to happen in that season of The Mandalorian, as well as things that are going to happen as a result of the season of The Mandalorian. So let's jump into a couple of those. All right. So strong rumor, almost not even a rumor anymore. But how do you feel about uh, Ahsoka is going to make an appearance along with potentially uh, Sabine as her sidekick?
0: I think this is exactly what we as Star Wars fans were looking for, because we've just started you know, scratching the surface of having strong female characters in, you know, mainstream Star Wars. And so, you know, this is going to be hopefully the segue that will give us a separate spin-off or movie for Ahsoka Tano.
1: Yeah. I agree. I I'm I'm so excited to see Ahsoka. We saw we got to see the Darksaber in real life. Now getting to see Ahsoka, you know, you ev every- every- all of our listeners know all four of you <laughs> know uh that uh, ahsoka is one of my favorite characters and we're going to do a whole podcast on her life story later in the season but um but yeah i'm really excited to see her i'm excited to see her and sabine i think you know really the mandalorian sets them up as a couple of really interesting characters to sort of drop in because ahsoka will be able to help uh, mando understand who the jedi are um you know there there are even some tweets that's that say she could she could uh, make Baby Yoda the canonical name of it by saying, look, it looks like a Baby Yoda, which feels like a very Ahsoka thing to say. Um, and then Sabine will be able to give him the history of the Darksaber and help him understand what he's going after because she used to wield the Darksaber. And so it seems like a really cool pair. And then, yeah, and so then that segues into another, another rumor that seems pretty strong is that there is going to be an Ahsoka... Uh, Sabine-led spinoff. The, the story is that season one has already finished production and it's going to be animated. Very cool. Yeah. How do you feel about an animated continuation of the Rebel story? Presumably Ahsoka, Sabine trying to find Ezra, but uh, those two having their own story in uh, that same animated style.
0: Well, I wholeheartedly support it. Secondly, um, you know, again, all of the challenges that this past year has brought have delayed so much. So it's entirely possible live action for 2021 and 2022 is really going to lag. And I feel like with animation, we can continue that storyline. We can continue the content that all of us are desperate for, and we can hopefully have it done in a little bit more safe environment for the people involved. Um... So, yeah, I totally support an animated series. I also like the idea of seeing Sabine involved as well because we kind of got originally introduced to her as being the irresponsible one, but it kind of seems like when we last left off with her, she was a responsible one, and so now we we've got two possibly very responsible people running around the galaxy i I'm there for that. that sounds great
1: yeah i I agree. I'm very excited about that, and I hope it comes out sooner than later. The rumors are could be as early as like first quarter 21 so that'd be cool yeah
0: do you uh, think that we'll get to see rex because in theory he was at the battle of endor right
1: yeah i mean he would still be alive at that he would still be alive during that season or i mean during that during that show and he could conceivably be alive during this season the mandalorian and that brings to another rumor is um and i'm spacing on the guy's name but the actor who played uh, Jango Fett, and you know, was the template for the clones, is going to be in the season of The Mandalorian. The rumor is that he's going to be playing Boba Fett, but there is no reason that he couldn't also be uh, a clone, or you know, a, a you know, aged up and be Rex, and 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 any number of really other characters because he is the the physical template of the clones. Um, but the strongest rumor is that he's going to be Boba Fett in some form or fashion. Uh, how do you feel like inserting Boba Fett into the Mandalorian story? How do you feel about that?
0: Um. So I'm going to watch my language, but I think it's BS. Last time we left off with Boba Fett, he was swallowed. He was supposed to be digested over the period of the next thousand years. If it's that easy to escape the Sarlacc, like, come on. Like, that, that shouldn't be a thing. Why, why even have a Sarlacc if people can escape from him? So no, I think it's stupid to bring him back. I understand that there's like a big... Amount of fandom surrounding him, I never quite understood it, but that's fine. But no, we, we don't need Boba Fett. We've got an actual Mandalorian in the show. We don't need a wannabe one.
1: That's right, and that and you and you hit uh, my my reason that I don't think it makes any sense is that is, is that Boba Fett's not actually a Mandalorian. He was not born on Mandalore. Django Fett is not a Mandalorian. um You know, this was. It was, was actually a conversation had between characters during Clone Wars where they talked about, um, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin talked to some Mandalorians about the fact that they had tracked a Mandalorian bounty hunter and they said that guy's not a Mandalorian. He just stole some armor from somebody. So conceivably, Django and Boba, they're not Mandalorians. They're not Mandalorians by culture. And they just are dudes who have the armor that doesn't really seem to do anything for me. So, yeah, I agree. We'll see how it turns. You know, we'll see what his his appearance um, if it has anything to do with anything, but I'm I'm not there for that. No. Um. One other uh presumed cameo in season two of Mandalorian is Bo-Katan Kreese. Really? Yes. Bo-Katan is rumored to be in the series, played by the voice act. You know, played in real life by the voice actress who's voiced her through all of the series. Because remember, she was in both Clone Wars and Rebels, um, briefly. And so um, she's supposed to be making some sort of appearance. Now, could be in a flashback because, you know, I, she was the last person to be a wielder of the Darksaber on Mandalore. And so you almost, have to, you almost have to imagine that she died during, what was it, Moff Gideon called it the Night of a Thousand Tears. Which is a pretty bleak name for a day. Um, but yeah, she may be coming back.
0: Very interesting. Yeah I would like to be able to tie the actual Mandalorian history the Mandalorian culture with where we wind up finding Mando in this kind of like extremist sect of Mandalorian and kind of bridging all that together having someone who can come in and explain what the Jedi do possibly name Baby Yoda Baby Yoda as well he should be named Um, and, and just kind of explain a little bit more about the force because I think that You know, we finally finished looking at that show as a space western thriller, exciting show also about family and friendship. And so, you know, now we got to fill in the gaps between all of the different uh, periods that they jump around through.
1: Yeah, so. and you could easily see a world where, you know, bo is chasing down Gideon to get the Darksaber back and calls in Sabine to help her, and that brings Ahsoka into the story, and that being sort of a pathway. Now, the one that's pretty fresh, I think this just, this just appeared in the Twitterverse about a week or two ago, is that... Um, bo is going to be in the mandalorian and it sets up a spin-off show that will is supposed to be in 2021 or 22 that is Bo-Katan and cara dune have a spin-off show
0: interesting
1: yeah which has also led to some some tweets where it's basically every character in the mandalorian has a spin-off show um but yeah i what what could a bo and cara dune spin-off show look like and is that something that we want to see?
0: No. I I like having Cara Dune in the Mandalorian. I I think that she could very well hold her own show, but I think she brings some interesting balance to the show itself that it kind of needs someone like her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like neither of those two characters are they're they're supporting characters and they're very good supporting characters. I don't feel like they're you know Ahsoka is a lead character, Sabine's a lead character, and together they're you know good lead characters. I'm just not sure what uh, what a Cara Dune Bocatan. They seem like they're the they're, they they support a story. They don't drive a story, and so I'm i skeptical to the what 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 you would do with that.
0: Right. I, I mean, we do have some you know 20 years that we gotta fill in the gap between you know battle of vendor to you know the rise of uh the the first order so we we gotta like something's gotta give at some point i just don't feel like those two are the two that are gonna tell that story
1: yeah and i'm not sure that that's a story like i i love getting the details filled in i at this point I kind of want to see these stories that are going off in different directions and going out a little bit. Even the even the staging in the Mandalorian sort of in between the sets of movies. There's enough of a gap between Jedi and um the you know the next series and the Rise of the First Order that we've got a good long time period. I don't know that we have to walk everything from the Battle of Endor all the way through because realistically, like a lot of these people were probably doing, you know, they were scattered, they were scared. Um, Or we had, you know, the the machinations of putting together a galactic government. It, it, It feels like probably a time that was a little bit chaotic and probably kind of boring. And we know didn't resolve anything. Right. And so it would just be sort of a bunch of little side stories. Um, And I think we the Mandalorian is set up in a time period where it is fairly episodic, which is fine, but it's far enough away from everything else that there's freedom to to do things with the story. If you get too much into that first 20 years, then you have to ask a lot of questions about where was that during Episode seven? Where was that during Episode seven? Why? Why didn't anybody know about this and that and whatever? And, And like Baby Yoda, for example, is already a little bit much because where you know, where was he? Hope you know. Obviously, we'll find out. But like, where was he during you know, the whole rest of the story? Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. I think those are all the things that are that are rumored to be coming off of the Mandalorian. But um, but just in general, are you excited about season two? And you know, what do you hope to get out of it?
0: I am extremely excited about season two, and I, I think that uh, again, it's kind of the tone of this year's going back to you know march for us really is that it's been a lot of challenges there hasn't been that much to look forward to a lot of things have been taken away and so when you think of having something good to look forward to and something that you know certainly has a meaningful pop cultural impact and you know we have a podcast about star wars like you know this is actually really important for us so to know that there's something good in the very near horizon that is you know I i think something that we really need that you and me need um i'm really looking forward to and there's almost no possible way that they can disappoint unless they like cut off baby yoda's head and drink his juice
1: wow that that would that's, be like that's yeah that's a pretty dark outcome that i think yeah that would disappoint I yeah don't but think.
0: other than that like i'm so excited so I, I think they'd have to really go in the wrong direction and i just don't think that they would
1: yeah that's fair uh i agree yeah i think that this is i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be great um okay so here's one that I'm not sure that you may have necessarily heard about. Um, but first of all, are you aware that there's a whole bunch of content? I think a lot of it's on Disney Plus. I don't know where else it's aired, but there's a whole bunch of Lego Star Wars content.
0: I have heard about this. Yeah,
1: we haven't really watched any or I haven't. And I don't think you have either. Right. But I, I do remember playing a couple of the Lego Star Wars games. Don't so much anymore. That's OK. Yeah. Um They are, and it's already produced, it's got a release date, I want to say in late November, early December, they're making a Lego Star Wars holiday special.
0: Is it based on the original holiday special? Unclear. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Is this a thing we need?
0: Probably yes, because you have so many Lego Star Wars sets already that, you know, we don't need to, like keep buying the same Millennium Falcon, like you need to have new Star Wars sets to buy.
1: Okay. Feels like a good cross promotion. Uh it's probably gonna be really funny. Um I could see them doing goofy gags of like, you know, Luke and Luke and Anakin or Luke and Vader <laughs> unwrapping presents or something um goofy like that because the uh definitely the one thing I know about the Lego Star Wars, they don't necessarily respect the way the relationships are structured in the in the movies and things and There's some fun stuff in there, but uh, I think it would be really hilarious if they threw in a couple bits that were designed after the original holiday special.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's something that's just kind of lost, like people just aren't familiar with it, but then also the idea of creating that holiday special. Like we've seen it, but it seems like really at that time of year, it's, you know, you go back and you watch the holiday specials. We watched as kids, our parents watched kids. So, to have some new content created around the holidays, it is also involving Star Wars. I-, I think we need it.
1: Yeah, I think it'll give us some uh, probably some relationships and and uh things to talk about there too. I it is it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who is not nearly as into Star Wars as we are, but is conversant enough and he's teaching his kids about Star Wars, and I mentioned something about the holiday special and he had no idea what it was and I had to explain the whole thing. And and it remains the only piece I think of live-action Star Wars content that I've not watched end-to-end, not because I couldn't find a copy, but because the copy I found, I just couldn't get through more than about eight minutes of it. It was bad. It's so bad. It's so terrible. I hope this is better. This it inevitably has to be better. Yeah, inevitably. Can't be worse. Yeah. Can't possibly be worse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Next show that's coming up in 2021 is another animated show. Uh, They are making a whole series of undetermined length about the bad batch
0: why why why
1: and just to remind everybody who the bad batch are it's a batch of clones um that showed up in season seven of clone wars that each are deficient in some way that gives them a superpower and ultimately uh echo was it yeah echo Echo, who was presumed dead from you know the 501st regiment and our original friends from the clone wars uh is found and he had been sort of linked into a separatist computer so he's like a cyborg and he joins them at, at the last minute and there's so there's i think five or six of them now that they kind of go around doing special ops missions for the republic um they're getting their own show why because probably to sell toys right i mean this is one like you know it's it in it, it's it's a it's a pretty formulaic cartoon meme, right? You've got each of these each of these guys with special powers and they're going to be put up against a challenge and the challenge is going to sequentially every episode require each of them to use their powers in order to solve a problem and it's easy writing and it's Star Wars content. Apparently they're going to use the same production values that they used for season 7 of Clone Wars, which were very very good. They're investing a lot of money in this. But, uh, yeah, but that's going to be a thing that is a thing.
0: All right. I'm going to try not to rant about how disappointed I am in this. But here's there's just too many problems that I see with this. So either they don't have chips that allow them to be controlled or they and if that's the case, then they're on the run from the Empire, basically, and it's like here are these six superhuman clones with special powers that aren't able to ever overthrow the Empire. We know that they're never going to win because we know the outcome already. Or they've got chips and they're going to be horribly abused and misused by the Empire to enforce everything. Or it's going to sh- be a short period show where we've got all of like three months where they're, you know, on the right side of things before thing Order 66. I just feel like we don't need it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a possible, you know, intersection there where Rex finds them because he knows they exist and finds them and helps them remove their chips like like he did, you know, was done to him. And then, you know, whatever. But we definitely know that, you know, this is another piece of, you know, inserting one of these things in the middle of the story. We we know that they probably don't make it because. If they did, to your point, either they would be sort of on the Jedi hunting side of this and we would see them in later shows, right? Obviously, they, they would come up as like buddies to the Inquisitors or something, or they would, you know, be on the run from the Empire, presumably join the Rebellion, or or we would have it like, I feel like we would have heard of them, right? And so they're going to be whatever, whatever happens to them. You know, it's kind of like when when you start watching Rebels and you find out that you know Ezra is, has Jedi powers and Kanan has Jedi powers and so you know that somehow by the end of that show they're not going to make it because you know they were not around for the uh, the original trilogy and this and that and whatever and so you have to you have to wonder you know what's what's going to happen to these guys so it feels like some of their stories can be interesting but they can't be super impactful because ultimately you know that they're irrelevant
0: exactly which makes me think that it's just some additional toy selling scheme, which I recognize that I just said I want more Lego toys, so yeah, um I am being contradictory there, but i I still just don't see why we would need a bad batch, but that would explain why the bad batch was inserted into season seven.
1: That's right, and if nothing else it, it, it at least gives that decision meaning because I wondered what those those yeah, episodes didn't, didn't see them. we didn't need them, but if we if we have them to set up uh, a series, then maybe we did. uh okay. Another thing that I don't know, the this one is another one I'm not excited about but maybe you maybe you would be um jumping into a completely different time period in Star Wars. Uh Cassian Andor is getting a setup to Rogue One television series.
0: Yes. Totally there for that. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Well, because I think that we need to put more attention on exactly how much was risked by the rebellion and leading up to the rebellion like rogue one does such a good job explaining it but and we see it a little bit as well um you know in rebels um but we we don't see just the desperation um there's always the there's some kind of borderline moral compass in rebels And then when we get to Rogue One, they're just like, it's a suicide mission. This is this is what we're here for. And then we don't really see as much of the same risk taking throughout the movies that, you know, like really would have had to have been going on. And so I think that Cassian Andor, he gives a little bit of a lead up to it when he says that he's just done too much. He can't go back. He's he's all in. And that's why we know it's a suicide mission for him um but we we got to know the extent that the rebellion put themselves at risk that they compromised whatever values that they had um and, and i think that it tells an important story to help us also look at like real world politics and histories that are going on and knowing that there is no unequivocal good guy versus unequivocal bad guy there there's shades of gray on both sides and understanding just you know, how, how you have to reconcile those emotions um, and and how you plan and how you work with people and, and come up with something because ultimately we're going to have, I mean, it's, we, we talked about it with rebels. They're a terrorist cell. Like that, that's, that's what they really are. But we know that, you know, they're fighting for good. So reconciling those bad actions in the name of good how does that come to be and i think that Andor will tell the story the best way
1: yeah i see and that and that's exactly why i'm not i'm i am not confident that i'm gonna like it very much um because yes yeah, i've said on this before i'm i'm not necessarily into star wars for a lot of uh, a lot of depth and introspection um which was my my big critique of episode eight was that you know it tried to muddy the waters a little bit too much and i agree that The rebellion they are terrorists and and whatever i think that for the most part in the content that we see them they're acting against the empire directly and so while they are doing some some you know objectively bad things they're doing them against a an objectively bad target i think that you know obviously prior to rogue one the it was they were the rebellion was not at open war with the empire right in in or it was you know not nearly as much as as it was after that because there was the whole debate during that movie of whether or not it was worth attacking imperial installations to to stop the death star and so i feel like this is this is going to be a gritty show about a guy doing shady things to not necessarily all bad guys right unless like the only people that he ever fights are you know smugglers and bounty hunters but but it's not going to be that right and so i think it's going to be there there it's probably going to be a very good show and it will probably ask a lot of those questions about like what does it mean to be you know what is what does a rebellion mean what does it mean to be the good guy and and you know can you can you do bad things and still be the good guy and this and that and whatever but i'm i'm afraid that it might be it might end up being a little too heavy
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, You know, we we've watched many other shows that are not Star Wars in in nature. And, you know, some of them more recently uh, and some of the streaming services you you'll walk in and and you'll be like, I can't watch this. There are no heroes. And this may be one of those shows where there isn't really a hero. And we have to figure out what that looks like, because we, we go from this little disorganized terror cell to essentially a civil war. And so I, I think that Andor is going to tell the story in a way that is going to be gritty, like you say, but impactful and meaningful to the entire transition. Um, That I, I think that rebels couldn't tell because, you know, Ezra was still a kid. Sort of. yeah, so, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I don't know if they make Wedge Antilles do things that are compromising. I'm going to be really upset. That's all I'm saying.
0: Fair, fair.
1: Wedge is a good dude. Don't mess with his. Don't mess with the legacy of Wedge Antilles. Don't bring him into this.
0: Well, and we can bring in new characters. And I I think that that's really what we should hope to see. I I would also like to learn more about Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I I think that this is going to tell us a little bit more about kind of the different groups working together, why Saw is is so far off the the grid, um, and and also some of the other characters on Jeddah. I think that we may see a little bit more from that, too.
1: Oh, I guess if we get more Jeddah and like learn a little bit more about Church of the Force and things like that, I'd be there for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, sort of last but not least of things that are coming up. And then I've got kind of a bonus uh, rumors about a thing that's already happened that I want to get your opinion on. But the last thing of things that are coming up that I know about is Kenobi which is now appears to be at least a four-episode miniseries. I am sincerely hope that those are long episodes because four 20-minute episodes is not enough Kenobi content for my liking. But Kenobi is, I think they've finished some of the shooting. It looks like it's still going to be on, t- on schedule for 21 or 22. Um, and Ewan McGregor said he's up for more if they want to do more.
0: Right. So I believe what I heard was that there was some concerns about the script and they wanted to scrap a few things. And so then there were some uh, fights amongst uh, some of the production crew and then COVID happened and, you know, it it just kind of changed everything. So I thought we were supposed to get Kenobi towards the end of this year or beginning of next year, but now it sounds like it's going to be end of 21, maybe beginning 22. Um and and I think that this is a very important story that we need told. Uh, I I think a four episode, if they are long episodes, maybe hour and a half ish, miniseries would be great. I I think that there's a lot to be told about watching, um, Luke negotiating living amongst the huts like with, we're in the whole Tatooine situation we've got this guy learning about how to commune with the force while staying off the emperor's radar there's a lot of moving pieces we also know that vader is sending out inquisitors to kill out kill off all of the jedi and the ones remaining so do we see a crossover with inquisitors like there's so many cool things we could see so and is kenobi talking with yoda are they in contact at all like that there's a lot of cool things that i think could come out of this
1: yeah i agree on the one hand i think there are on the other hand you know the whole point of him going to tatooine and there was a book it's not a canon it's not canon anymore where he struggled a lot with you know like basically fighting crime on tatooine or trying to help people and keeping a low profile And, you know, ultimately his objective on Tatooine is to keep his head down, not be noticed, and just keep an eye on Luke. So on the one hand, you know, there are, to your point, there are a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot that can go on. In general, it doesn't appear that he was ever discovered there because, you know, if, if he ran across an Inquisitor, conceivably, eventually he'd run across Vader, which we know doesn't happen, right? And so... On the one hand, there are a lot of things that could happen. On the other hand, we know there are a lot of things that don't happen because he never makes enough noise to get any attention. Otherwise, the, Emperor, the Empire would have definitely found him. And it's not like he ever left Tatooine and went on the run, right? We know from A New Hope and from Rebels that he was there the whole time. Right. And so, I mean, you know, maybe he maybe he wandered off from time to time to go, you know, do some specific tasks. But this feels like a show that's going to take place 100 percent on Tatooine. Um, I have heard that Hayden Christensen is going to make an appearance in it in his uh, General of the Republic armor. So I presume that's got to be a flashback. But um, how do you feel about Hayden popping up?
0: I don't feel great about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I mean... I feel like he kind of hasn't done a whole heck of a lot since episode three. And maybe there was a little bit here or there, maybe an indie film. But I'm concerned he's not really honed his craft. And we're going to get some really bad acting. Hopefully better writing, but I don't think we're going to get good acting from him.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I mean, he does cons and stuff, I guess. But yeah, I don't think he's been doing a lot of acting since then. I'm not sure what he's up to. Maybe he does stage. I don't know.
0: Maybe, maybe.
1: Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for any any Kenobi content makes me happy. Um I think it's gonna be interesting how they address the fact and, and this has been a you know a funny thing that's that's gone around for for a while, is that um Kenobi now that we have the actual timeline and we know how old how old he was and how he aged, like he aged real fast.
0: Oh yeah, that's hard living. Like I,
1: I presume, I guess.
0: Well, I I mean, he was fighting in the Clone Wars, and he had the most betrayal, betrayal. Like, it it couldn't have been any more betraying, you know? So, like, that's going to age you. And then living under those two suns, that's going to age you, too. I mean, it doesn't look like he's got any sunscreen. So, I mean, it makes sense. He ages hard. He ages quickly.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Okay. Well, have, I don't know. Have you heard of any other any other content or any other content rumors? The, that's all that I've heard about for 21 and 22 in the Star Wars space. I'm, I keep hearing bits and pieces about like movies and various different people that are going to produce trilogies, but I haven't heard anything solid enough to believe that it's going to happen.
0: And I think, again, that's a reflection of all of the uncertainties that we're currently dealing with with the pandemic that... You know, it's really hard to commit to these things because you, one, don't know if there's still going to be interest. Um, Movie theaters, what's happening with them? Like, it's really hard to commit to doing these masterful trilogy blockbusters if there are no movie theaters where people are going to go. So, what are they going to be released on Disney Plus for $30 a pop? Like, it's really hard to justify doing all of that.
1: I sincerely hope that that is the future of cinema, honestly. But, you know. yeah
0: i I hate listening to everybody else crunch popcorn, although yeah. I do miss movie theater popcorn,
1: yeah but that like that's a that's a solvable problem on its own
0: agreed agreed yeah. um but yeah so i I think that you know all of those rumors that we started hearing just whispers about like well, what if so and so did these three movies of the old republic and and what about the high Republic? what about you know Yoda as a younger? man i don't know if that's the right word for him but younger yoda but not baby yoda you know like what where where could we possibly jump in um in the timeline or fast forward after ray has started training a new generation of jedi and we're introduced to all new characters and then we don't have any continuity issues i've i've heard so many different things and i I think right now just because there's so much uncertainty like what would we do with that if we started to commit to something
1: yeah i mean there there is new high republic content coming out but it's only in written form they're not making so far they haven't committed to making anything in like motion pictures of any sort um so it's comic books a couple of books um, and it is going to address you know that addresses like three four hundred years before the fall of the republic and so it, it is going to have a younger like a, a middle-aged yoda <laughs> and um and then some other new characters but yeah I I, I think there's so many opportunities for stories but yeah I, I agree that the uncertainty of like the reality that we're living in is sort of hampering the ability to plan the stories and so they're staying focused on these kind of smaller um Disney plus streaming media kind of things um to to you know hold us over until they can come up with a better plan I do I really do hope that you know and, and John Favreau is sort of stepping up to this to this um Uh, Dave Filoni is possibly a person do this. I really hope that in the post Skywalker phase, that they kind of pick one person or or a small group of people to be the kind of shepherds of the story the same way that the Marvel Cinematic Universe did. I think that Star Wars suffered from not having a single coherent vision of what the universe is going to look like going forward um, and I think that you know whatever series and movies and things are planned out should sort of at least, you know, they can each have their own style and they can each have their own writers and their own directors, but they should be sort of governed under like one overall kind of story charter um that that there should be a, no more than one or two people it should not be each independent director and writer having like carte blanche to write whatever story they want
0: completely agree and, and you know we complained about it ad nauseum about episode eight but that discontinuity in the entire viewing experience It could have been a great movie. I I have no idea. It's just it's so hard because it sticks out like a sore thumb there. And that's what I don't want to see when new content does get made.
1: That's right. And certainly every trilogy should really be. If you're going to plan a trilogy, then plan on continuity of writing, story, directing, style uh, across a trilogy. So speaking of uh, discontinuity, nice segue. uh, The one sort of like look back. Uh, rumor that that I heard Daisy Ridley gave some interviews recently where she talked about one of the the most confusing things of playing the role of Ray was that over over periods of time she you know there were a lot of rumors flying around about who her parents were and she sort of confirmed that they were all true. at one point she was told to act as if her parents were nobody. Her parents, her, she was descended from Kenobi. Another one where she was descended from, she actually was a Skywalker, potentially another child of uh, either Han and Leia or a child of Luke himself. Um, and then there was, of course, the the final story where she's a Palpatine through, um, I guess the novelization of episode nine, which I actually just started reading today, addresses a little bit more of how that whole thing happened and, and how Palpatine survived. So I'm interested to see what that story is. But um, raised parentage, uh, how do you feel about first the fact that it changed so often and, you know, not to get back into that whole conversation about that trilogy. But w- given that all of those were possible, which do you think would have been would have been the best?
0: Is it weird that I don't think it matters? No. I-, I think that she she wanted her parents to come back because she loved them and she believed that they loved her. And it didn't matter who they were descended from or anything like that. It was her familial love, her need to be a part of something. And then when she realized that she could be a part of something without it, including her actual parents and create a future for herself, that was so much more meaningful than waiting around to find out, is she a Skywalker? Is she a Kenobi? Is she a Palpatine? And that just, I think, was thrown in to satisfy fans so that we could have some resolution. Like, who is this? But, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think it doesn't matter who she is. And it's fine that she played all of those different angles because she chose her future. She chose her heritage and she chose her legacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, I I buy that. Like the only my only disagreement with that is just on the grounds of good storytelling if we're going to do a an nonology of the story of the Skywalker line um then breaking off from that in the, you know, in the last two movies and basically saying that you know I mean, Ben Skywalker is a Skywalker. So you still have that sort of thread running through it. But like the whole story of Skywalkers was a story of, you know, of going all the way back to Anakin being sort of created by the force and taking that legacy to its ultimate conclusion. And it feels like it is there's good storytelling symmetry would have been the idea that somehow that a uh, that that you know the the ultimate redemption of Anakin Skywalker is that the defeat of Palpatine who was involved in the creation of Anakin in the first place in some form or fashion and like the the that that if if Palpatine is really going to be the unifying arc across that entire thing then some some vestige of Anakin should have been a unifying arc across the whole thing to finally defeat him to make it just a a parallel you know kind of symmetrical story and the fact that we kind of go from we go from that to ultimately, you know, while it's all billed as the story of Skywalker, it's really the story of Palpatine and possibly R2-D2, right? And and so we have this sort of discontinuity. And I think they tried to do a thing of like, hey, you know, in the end, the Skywalker actually became the bad guy. And then Ben's sort of half redeeming himself, but he ultimately doesn't play a part in the defeat of Palpatine, right? He's off He's off camera when Palpatine goes down. And so having Rey be kind of unrelated to that entire arc, except to be like somehow a child of Palpatine doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So like of all of the ways they could have done it, it feels like the one that they chose, of all of the options that they had in front of them. Like, I, I love the idea that Kenobi possibly had children and that like they're running around somewhere. That really doesn't make sense from a storytelling standpoint. The fact, like the idea that Rey's parents are nobody's, I understood why they put that concept in there, but that's that's a whole different story. That's a thing for episode 10, right? And so then when you're sort of left down to the last two choices, somehow she should have been related to the, to the Skywalker family just to bring the whole thing full circle. It just, it's just bad storytelling.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree there. Um, and I think that, you know, from a fan perspective, we would have loved to have found found out that she was a Skywalker by blood as well. Yeah. Um. From the storytelling perspective to be the descendant of Anakin, like also would have made a lot of sense. Um. And, and you know, the whole Palpatine thing, we'll, we'll have an episode about Palpatine later on uh, the season. But, you know, before we get too further into his story, you know, he, he was a bit of a ladies man. So it makes sense that there's actually probably a boatload of Palpatines across the galaxy. So we'll, we'll have to check in on, uh, what that might look like as well.
1: Yeah. So, okay. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And ultimately she chose to be a Skywalker. So I guess that, that answers the question of the story, but it just feels like it could have been, it could have been handled a little bit more gracefully and, uh, Smooth storytelling was really not the name of the game in that last trilogy.
0: Oh, certainly not. No.
1: Yeah. So, well, anyway, but, you know, Star Wars continues. Uh, I'm really excited for all sorts of new stuff. We've got tons. We have tons more to talk about the rest of the season. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about The Mandalorian to get ready for the next season. And then we've got some other, you know, we did a few episodes last season about, um, you know, sort of long term character arcs and things. Um, And I think we're going to talk a few more of those and sort of tie all of the different content together under the umbrella of certain people's stories and uh, watch out for um, possibly some special guest stars around our Thanksgiving episode.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to that very much.
1: Yes. All right. Well, I think that is all we have for today. I love you. I know.